there. Welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Spock. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And you know what that music at the beginning means? It means we're talking about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Damn straight. Usually, we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies, but today, we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about cheesy fucking 90s kid shows. <laughs> today, we are a married couple that shoot the shit about television. Now, uh, a while ago, we actually did a Shoot the Flick episode on the 2017 Power Rangers movie, which we both liked. It wasn't amazing, but it was decent. Yeah, it was definitely decent. And we both mentioned how we watched Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as kids. And now we're going to talk about it. We actually watched the entire first season of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on Netflix. We would have watched more, but (laughs) the second and third season of Mighty Morphin got put off of Netflix before we could actually watch the whole series. Yeah. But I don't even remember watching season three. I think I watched some of season two. I I remember season two just because Lord Zed came into season two. And season three, I didn't remember it. Oh. (laughs) except for the fact that they became ninjas. But as kids, we both watched the show a lot in syndication. It premiered for the first time on August 28th, 1993 on Fox Kids. It was the first entry in the now vast fucking Power Rangers franchise. Like, the amount of Power Rangers shows that exist is crazy to me. Yeah, I think there's nine or ten different iterations It had three seasons. It ended in November of 1995, and it had 155 episodes. This show definitely had a lot of impact on a lot of kids growing up. We all remember the toys, the Zords. I definitely was a Power Ranger at least once for Halloween. Yeah, I'm sure. I I know I was definitely the White Ranger once. I think I had the White Ranger come to my birthday party once, actually. It's a cheesy show. (laughs) definitely definitely cheesy definitely when you watch it as an adult it's a kid show it's very formulaic kid friendly cheese and it's it's fine (laughs) it's definitely fun to watch it as an adult sheerly for the nostalgic quality much like how we mentioned decoms last week how they have that nostalgic quality even though they're just totally cheesy and don't really make a lot of logical sense Uh, yeah you sit there and you watch some of the things and you're like why didn't the bad guys just kill them there if you don't know this the fighting of the power rangers all comes from a japanese show yeah it's stock footage from a japanese show called super sentai by saban entertainment which ultimately produces the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and all the other Power Ranger shows, they kind of had to work around that for a while. Eventually, they were able to kind of film their own fight sequences specifically for the American version of the show. But at least in the beginning, they had to work with the stock footage that they had. And there's also a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that has been said through the years by some of the actors. Because in the second season, three of the Power Rangers leave on a peace retreat. Oh, yeah, because we'll we'll talk about the Rangers specifically as we get into a little more of the plot of the show and everything. But, yeah, 
they were apparently paid fucking pennies these oh. kids and they weren't in a union so they were getting fucked and they're like trying to renegotiate their contract and the company was like fuck you so three of them just ended up leaving yeah they, they literally uh one of them compared the amount they made to the average mcdonald's worker in 1990 which is gross because power rangers was such a huge thing at that time it's kind of sad I mean, they seem to not really regret being in Power Rangers well, despite that. Because basically, that's their whole career. I don't think any of them really did anything after like, other than Power Rangers stuff, you know? Well, they all show up occasionally in random TV. But yeah, none of them became like uber famous after this. I did want to mention, of course, the kick-ass fucking theme song to this show, Go Go Power Rangers. Which, I mean, everybody fucking knows it. Even if you didn't watch the show, you know the fucking theme song. Go, go, Power Power Rangers. Rangers. It's fucking sick. And it plays in every single episode in the beginning and also throughout the actual episode itself. It's played about three times an episode. Yeah, they just really kind of bleed it dry. They, They knew they had a banger in there, so they just had to throw it in whenever they could. It was written by Ron Wasserman who also co-wrote the theme song for the X-Men animated series. Oh, that's uh, that's another banger. It really slaps. And like when they did the 2017 movie, I fucking was dying when they put that song in the movie. It's definitely a banger. They know it is. But um yeah, we pretty much watched the entire first season of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers for the first time since we were children and now we're gonna talk about it. This is gonna be a little more loosey-goosey of an episode. Yeah we're kind of just gonna go through like our favorite episodes, our least favorites, our weird things that we thought just like a very extemporaneous conversation about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. We basically wanted to dip our toe in the TV pool here because we want to eventually, maybe, if we like it and you guys like it, do more television shows and introduce each other to TV shows. We're we're trying to slowly expand. Expand our horizons. Exactly. With Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. (laughs) Yes, that's the ultimate expansion. Just the fact that it's still going on is crazy to me. But at the end of the day, it's such a simple concept, I guess. As a kid, all you really care about is like, oh, those are kids that are my age or a little older and they're kicking ass and taking names and they're in cool outfits, doing cool karate fucking martial arts moves. They're teens with attitude. Right, Uh, right. (laughs) But uh, yeah, well, when you think about like the two biggest shows, I think, growing up that have lasted throughout generations and generations is Power Rangers and Scooby-Doo. Well, that's true. There's been so many incarnations. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So it's kind of an interesting parallel to me because those are two shows that have lasted for decades. Well, again, it's just about like the simplicity of the concept, I think, because Scooby-Doo is such a simple concept, too. It's like a bunch of kids and a dog solving mysteries. It's not really very complicated and complex. So you can take that concept or the Power Rangers concept and kind of mold it maybe change a few details here and there and make a whole new series for a new generation and package it out and there you go well also scooby-doo has one thing the power rangers doesn't is a dog well yes, yes. i wish they had a dog that would be fucking sick that a dog they have alpha which is like n- no one wants alpha let's have a dog instead 
no scooby-doo meets the power rangers does that exist i feel like there has to be a comic of that i'm sure there is i'm looking it up <laughs> all i'm seeing are like fan fiction sites about it so that sounds maybe right. it doesn't exist but it should is my point can you imagine just no the scooby-doo gang is the power rangers and then scooby-doo is like the white ranger Oh, I'm dead. Kill me, I'm dead. So what I noticed as we were watching the series, which I knew growing up as a kid watching it, but like I rediscovered it, is that this basically turned into the Tommy show once Tommy showed up on the scene. Oh yeah, easily. Tommy Oliver, played by Jason David Frank. He was probably, I would say, the best actor. Yeah, easily. And... On IMDb, I looked up like which episodes were rated the best and which ones were rated the worst. And all the episodes, at least in the first season, that are rated the best involve Tommy Oliver. (laughs) Well, even as they go on into the second season, a lot of the arcs involve Tommy. (laughs) Yeah. Let me just give you like, in case you live under a rock and you don't know the basic premise of Power Rangers... It's essentially, like Scott was saying, kids with attitude. And they are recruited by this giant floating alien head guy named Zordon. Yes. (laughs) And they're recruited to be the Power Rangers who are these superhuman warriors who protect the world against alien invaders and such. And in the first season, they have to fight all these aliens sent to the world by Rita Repulsa. Yeah, Rita is our big baddie for the first season, at least. And then the second season, she's succeeded by Lord Zed, who is a far better villain, I think. He is until parents started to complain that he was too scary. Just to give you a a really quick understanding, Rita Repulsa is a petite Asian woman in a big head garb and cloak and she just yells in a very obnoxious voice about how she wants to get the Power Rangers. And she recruits really funny looking alien cohorts to go after the Rangers in exceedingly stupid ways, which we'll talk about. But Lord Zed, at least when he first came on the scene, was a little more sinister. He Even his look was more sinister. He had a planet-destroying dragon. He was like... If you ripped off all the skin of a human being and showed all the red muscle underneath with a metal exoskeleton wrapped around him. Yeah, that just sounds like more sinister than some lady that, by the way, came out of a trash can. Like, that's literally how they describe it. She came out of a dumpster. That was on the moon. On the moon. Trash. No, no, no. That's the trash. These are your friends. Come okay (laughs) cool but like as a kid that doesn't even register to you how stupid that is it's just like oh bad guy good guy yay they're fighting cool the other weird thing about this is power rangers have these giant robot beasts that they control and they form together to form the megazord which is a giant robot Gundam, basically. Yes. In most, if not all, the episodes, at one point or another, they transform into these Zords. 
most of the time also the Megazord. The sequence leading into them changing is really fun because they have these little metal doohickeys that they use to transform and they have to point at the camera and shout a specific dinosaur. It's a fun sequence. It's got some real 90s effects. It's the same sequence every time. Oh, yes. Every single time. And it's used pretty much every episode. It's morphin' time! When they change into the Zords, it's so funny because, again, it is repetition. They do it pretty much every fucking episode. But it it's so obvious what it is effects-wise. Like, it's a toy. It's a fucking toy. And, <laughs> and then there are times, too, where they have the Zord fight some big bad monster of the week. And it's clearly guys in suits standing over a miniature city that they set up it's like godzilla-esque oh, it's, situation and it's so obvious and low budget but at the same time that's what gives it its charm almost <laughs> me and frankie kept joking every time a monster would show up in the middle of the city of angel grove so is it time to move yet there's now a giant octopus ripping apart department yeah, buildings like you gotta wonder what these people are thinking because it's not like superman where it's, it's once in a while. It's once in a while, and you, they don't know about all the supernatural elements of this thing. They just know Superman is like this mysterious guy. They don't know the Power Rangers' identities, but they know the Power Rangers exist. They know Rita Repulsa exists, and they know that on a regular basis, there's a plethora of weird alien creatures just roaming the city. That rip through the town constantly. I don't know. Maybe the property values are like really good in Angel Grove and they just don't want to give up the ghost. But it just seems ill-advised. Yeah, my rent here is really cheap. Living because in- you have to risk your life being in Angel Grove every day. And then there's that you said there were all those kids teach those classes. All right, so let, let's start really getting into the, the good shit here so when we watch the pilot oh god it's essentially our introduction to the power rangers and how they became the power rangers so we meet all our kids with attitude who have no attitude really they're kind of no they're pretty goody goodies actually we meet jason played by austin st john who's going to be our red ranger we meet zach who's played by walter jones who's going to be our black ranger by the way zach's a black guy we meet Trini, played by Twee Trang, who's going to be our Yellow Ranger. By the way, Trini is an Asian girl. We meet Kimberly, played by Amy Jo Johnson, who's going to be our Pink Ranger. And we meet Billy, played by David Yost, who's going to be our Blue Ranger. And Billy can only speak in babble. Yes. And let's talk about this right off the bat. There has been discussion about the original black and yellow rangers somehow just magically being a black guy and an asian woman it's reported that that was just a kawinky dink and they didn't realize what they had done until after it was already done i'm sure and do i think that's true i don't know i don't think they purposely set out to do that but I think it was probably very latent (laughs) with racism. What I probably would go with here, they were probably like, 
oh, obviously, we, we want, like, a little bit of a diverse cast, so we want an African-American and an Asian in our multicultural cast to just kind of fill right, out. Right, and that's fine, but, like, don't make them the black one and the yellow one. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> I don't think it was done with racist intentions, but I think it's a little racist. <laughs> oh, it, it definitely probably was a little just racist. Just a little racist. <laughs> Everyone's a little bit racist sometimes. Doesn't mean we go around committing hate crimes. And I think the probably the creators of the show caught on to that too because in the second season three of the actors left two of which being the black and yellow ranger and when they recast them they purposely did not put a black guy in the black suit or an asian person in the yellow suit so they were trying to rectify their mistake which i guess is a good thing what i found interesting too about the pilot is that these kids are recruited by this alien force literally plucked out of a juice bar like the local teen hangout you know there's an earthquake or something caused by Rita Repulsa and just out of nowhere this floating head Zordon brings them to his alien headquarters and the kids are completely unfazed by the idea that not only aliens exist but that they are attacking their town and that these kids are the only ones, apparently, that can save the day. Oh, and there are sentient robots. Oh, yes. We have... Oh, God. Alpha. <laughs> Alpha is a little fucking annoying voiced robot. Who hates teenagers. Yes. That's made clear in the intro of the show. Zordon says like oh we need to find teenagers with attitude oh, to become the power rangers not teenagers anything <laughs> but that yeah and he's voiced by richard steven horvitz and his voice is just nails on a fucking chalkboard i've never heard anything more irritating in my life <laughs> and that's kicking He's essentially meant to be the comic relief. And this is not the first time in kids' media that funny talking robots make excellent comic relief. I don't know what it is about funny talking robots, but it's a thing. I don't know. Uh, Hey, it works for Power Rangers, it works for Futurama. As Frankie said, they're really accepting of this very quickly. Yeah, they really have no like shock to it at all. Or like, what? Like, what are you talking about? They're, they're very immediately accepting of the fact that they're Power Rangers. And it also helps that before they're recruited as Power Rangers, they all pretty much have some kind of Martial ability. arts training. Yeah. The pilot episode opens on Jason. Yeah, Jason's teaching a martial arts class to Billy and Zach. And like Trini and Kimberly are doing gymnastics in the corner. Why can't they fucking do karate? <laughs> I don't know. I call fucking bullshit. But anyway, yeah, they all have beforehand some kind of ability to flip, kick, and punch. Yeah, that's part of the reason why they're recruited and it helps them to immediately be able to fight the various bad guys. Also, like most kids' shows, all the kids have kind of just one simplistic overarching trait to discern them from each other like jason's the leader zach is the cool hip-hop guy because you know he's black and he can break dance okay billy's the nerd kimberly's the girly girl and trini's smart 
Yeah. <laughs> and then it's also like when they finally accept that they're Power Rangers, Zoran gives them free rules, never to tell their identity to anybody, never escalate a fight unless it's escalated. They break that rule constantly. Well, no. He says never escalate a fight unless Rita forces your hand, which is what happens every fucking episode. It's just to tell the kids like, hey, you have this power, but you can't use it to beat up kids and get first on the lunch line, children. You must be diligent with your power. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. And then the third rule, which is the only rule I think that they actually follow for the entire season. Yeah. Don't use your powers for personal gain. Although, at one point, Billy, because he's a nerd, you know, they have Billy create this flying fucking car. I don't know why. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> I don't know why this exists. I don't remember it. I It came up in the show and I'm like, I don't remember this at all. I don't think they kept it around. I think they kept it for a little bit and then just like forgot about it. But Billy fucking built a flying car because I guess the writers wanted a way for the kids to get to Zordon headquarters when their communicators stopped working. Yeah, because that happens a lot. Yeah, because Zordon gives them little communicator wristwatches to communicate with him and Alpha. So many times throughout the show, just randomly the communicators aren't working for whatever reason, but they have to get somewhere. So they had Billy build a fucking car. And it's like... Okay, I get, you know, you're not supposed to use anything for personal gain, but, like, this 15-year-old kid built a fucking flying car that and can, no one knows about it. That can go, I think he said zero to 6,000 in, like, six seconds. That makes no sense, but okay. And, like, no one knows about it. No Nobel Prizes are being awarded Billy, for this. Billy, this is where you say, fuck being a Power Ranger. I'm going to be a billionaire. Yeah, like, legit. Fucking Nikolai Tesla just chilling in a Power Ranger suit, apparently. I don't know. But the main reason you watch Power Rangers as a kid or really as an adult is for the fight scenes. Oh, yeah. And the fight scenes are really fun. Like we said before, they're adapted stock footage from Super Sentai. It's interesting because they dub over certain things with the kids' voices. And it's so obviously, like, not them speaking. But it's just funny to watch the dubbing and the overdramatic movements. And it's fun. But yeah, the plots of these episodes become more and more convoluted, I feel like, as the <laughs> as they go on. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rita's ideas are fucking ridiculous. <laughs> there was one called Life's a Masquerade where the kids are having a, a school costume party and Rita decides she's going to send a bunch of aliens or creatures or whatever to the costume party to get at the Rangers. But everyone at the party thinks it's just a funny costume. Because <laughs> well, yeah, the monster's Frankenstein's there. And it's like, this is this is literally like a Scooby-Doo episode. Like, what the fuck is this? Oh, my favorite weird random part is the fucking prized antique spinning wheel. Oh, Wheel of Misfortune. That's that episode. <laughs> that one was fucking weird. Okay, so the plot of that one, they're doing like a school play of Rumpelstiltskin. And for some reason, Kimberly's grandmother, who's not on screen at all, just mentioned, she has an antique spinning wheel that she has loaned to her granddaughter for this fucking school play, which... 
okay, why would you do that? Why, if you have an antique anything, which antique means that it's very expensive and precious, why would you then hand it over to a bunch of stupid teenagers for a school play? It doesn't make any sense. But then Rita Rita steals it. Hoodwinks it, turns it into a literal monster. But they can't kill the monster because then they because they can't break the antique spinning wheel. It's my grandmother's. It's like what? What is this? Oh my god! It was so ridiculous. Oh, we haven't even talked about the other two great characters in the show with their own goddamn theme music. Oh my god! Yes, Balkan Skull, the resident bullies of Angel Grove, played by Paul Schreier and Jason Narvi, respectively. They're great in this. They really are. They do a good job. They're comic relief. They're the butt of every fucking joke. They're dopey. And every time they enter a scene, in every episode, they're there. And they enter with this ridiculously silly clown music. Yeah, it's, it's so ridiculous. They get in trouble for being dumb. And yeah. Like, they get in trouble for being bullies. Essentially, in the first season, they're just meant to be like slapsticky jokes to the Power Rangers. Bulk is constantly attacked with liquids. Like every chance the writers can get, they throw some fucking liquid at Bulk. Or you tip with funny. a cake. And then Skull is just staring like, wow, 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 wow. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, what are we going to do now, Bulk? You know, it's like a fucking Three Stooges routine except there's two of them <laughs> but it's even better because in the second season they get a whole plot line where they're trying to figure out who the power rangers are and they get close quite a few times and the power rangers kind of fuck with them yeah i'm guessing because they were so liked in the first season they kept them around and kind of evolved their arc in the second and third season because then in the third season they're trying to become police officers for some reason <laughs> they're trying to become police officers for the chicks oh right right <laughs> They, like I said, start off as this goofy side thing, and then they kind of evolve in a weird way throughout the series to be like genuine side characters. On the surface, they seem like just dumb punks, but in reality, they're good guys that want to be the superhero of the day, you know? Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting. It's the most real character development you get in the entire series for anybody, and it's not that much or anything, but it's something, at least compared to the actual Rangers who, like I said already, don't really have much personality outside of one major trait that they all kind of hang their hats on. It is nice to have these two guys. At one point in the second season, there's a memory-altering monster. He blanks the Power Rangers' memories, and Bulk and Skull step up to fight him. And I'm like, oh, they're without powers, and they're stepping up to fight a monster. They would be like the characters on the show that they have the hard outer edge that, you know, be careful of that guy. He's a a problem child. Mm -hmm. But on the inside, they're fucking softies. Yeah. Hey guys, quick break from the main show here. Just wanted to take a minute to shine a light on some other podcasts that Scotty and I really enjoy. Check it out now. Hi. Welcome to The Jury Room, a true crime podcast. My name is Kevin, and I will be your host on this journey. We will be covering some of the most unthinkable and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever be committed against humanity. We will be covering cannibalistic serial killers, decades-old unsolved mysteries, 
cold cases, missing person cases, and everything in between. The Jury Room Podcast is available on most major podcasting platforms. Please make sure you go subscribe and leave a review. My name is Paige, and I'm the host of Reverie True Crime. Reverie means to daydream, but even daydreams can become nightmares. Come join me and get lost in horrific reverie about true crimes and eerie events. Reverie True Crime Podcast, available wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. So... Let's start talking about some of our favorite episodes, some of the highest rated episodes yes. of pa- Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. The highest of the series in general is the five-parter called Green with Evil. This is where we get our first introduction to Tommy Oliver, which, again, as we mentioned, he's like the MVP of the series. Yeah, he's introduced in a fighting tournament with... Jason and him and Jason have this knockdown kind of drag out martial arts fight. Yeah, but Tommy is supreme. Yeah, Tommy is supreme and he automatically catches the eye of Kimberly. Oh yes, Kim is thirsty for Tommy's mullet. <laughs> she wants that mullet oh, in her yeah. face. After the fighting tournament, Kimberly and Tommy are like smitten and Kimberly's like, "Oh, you want to come by tomorrow and uh have some juice at the juice bar with me?" Ooh. <laughs> Is that what they're calling it now? That's what they're calling it, yeah. And Tommy's like, yeah, that sounds like a good time. That sounds swell. (laughs) (laughs) And Tommy, as he's walking to the juice bar, gets kidnapped by the putties. Oh, no, but now he's going to miss his date with Kimberly. And Tommy's taken and he is brainwashed into becoming the evil Green Ranger. Yes, because all the kids have their ranger powers stemming from a power coin and Rita she either comes up with or finds a green power coin and wants to use Tommy to get at the Power Rangers and get all their power so they basically spend the next three or four episodes trying to figure out who this green ranger is because he's got a green suit with sick fucking 90s gold shoulder pads by the way well yeah it it can't be the guy good girl it can't be the guy who's always wearing a green shirt oh my god yeah we didn't even mention that it's so funny okay so all the kids who (laughs) oh my god all the kids even before they're recruited to be power rangers just happen to be wearing the color of their ranger selves like at all time, like throughout the whole fucking show, Jason's wearing red always. Kim's wearing pink always. Trini's wearing yellow always. Like, why? And then, yeah, we're trying to figure out who the Green Ranger is. And it's the new kid in school. Who's always who, wearing green. Yeah, who was really nice when he first came to the school. But since this Green Ranger guy showed up, his behavior is changed significantly. And he wears green every single day. <laughs> But we just can't figure it out. Oh, God. Side note, that's another common thing throughout the series is randomly characters suddenly changing how they act. And yeah. no one realizes that and they're no one different. catches on. Like, it's just silly. Also, 
Tommy as the Green Ranger gets some other cool things, not just the fancy shoulder pads, oh, but no. he gets a fancy dragon zord. Oh yeah, he also not just a regular old dinosaur, a dragon motherfucker that he calls upon when he takes his knife. Oh my god! And fucking do 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 do. He plays his knife. He has a flute, guys. <laughs> On the knife. It's the baddest ass thing you ever did see, isn't it? Flute uh, knife. A flute. A flute. A flute. Okay, sure. A flute sword. I need dragon sword power! A flute that doubles as a sword. You know, because that's badass as fuck. <laughs> flute sword. Now on sale at your local Walmart. Yeah, so by the end of Green with Evil, they do figure out that Tommy is the Green Ranger, and they get him out from under Rita's spell, and they're like, hey, why don't you join the Rangers? And he's like, okay. So now he's the Green Ranger and he's a good guy and he still wants to put his dick in Kimberly. <laughs> okay. Well, Kimberly wants it to. <laughs> she does, for Kim- sure. Kimberly is fucking thirsty. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they have the only kiss in the series. I'm almost positive because they do kiss at some point. Yeah, and then they break up when Kimberly leaves in the third season or something. Yeah, but... But Tommy does come back in other Power Rangers series. Well, I think all of them eventually do come back at some point. Yeah. I think Tommy and Kimberly, their actors also did a little cameo in the 2017 movie as well. Yeah, that was by far probably the best. I mean, it's definitely the most exciting because shit's actually had like the Monster of the Week episodes, like the kind of one-off bottle episode type things. Sometimes they're hit or miss. Really, the most exciting ones are the ones, A, with Tommy, or B, with the Power Rangers getting fucked with in some way regarding the Green Ranger. Yeah, when the Power Rangers actually have the ability to lose, the episode actually is better. There are times where you're sitting there and the monster of the week is ridiculous. Like, one of the monsters was great. It was a large chicken. Oh, my God. Chunky chicken. And with a pair of hedge clippers. Oh, my God. Let's let's go through some of these monsters, okay? I wrote down a couple of the craziest ones I could find uh, throughout the series. There was that one, Chunky Chicken. The pedophilia clown? Oh, yes. The weird, creepy pedophilia clown called octo pineapple why is it called octo pineapple is it either an octopus or a pineapple no but it's called octo pineapple and it's a clown i don't understand it's creepy it's very creepy oh god um then we have let's see oh we have tickle sneezer that episode was a trip tickle sneezer tickle sneezer is essentially dobby from harry potter just really big and dumb <laughs> and scary looking. Yeah, Scarier oh. than Dobby. Dobby never meant to kill. Dobby only meant to maim or seriously injure. Oh, that's right. Didn't he put Billy and Trini inside a bottle? Oh, yes, because he collects things. So he collects them and puts them in a bottle for some reason. But then it turns out that it's not really that big of a deal, guys, because the whole thing was a dream in Trini's fucking weird-ass mind. I don't know. that. I don't even want to talk about it. It's fucking weird. The whole point is these rubber fucking suited monsters are just so ugly-looking and scary and I mean, creative, yes, but literally it looks like they were created by a child. In my head, as a kid, I would think a fucking crazy mad chicken with hedge clippers is actually cool and scary. 
I would probably think that now because I'm scared of birds, but that's besides the point. The monsters, while fucking stupid, are perfect for the environment that they're in. Yeah. Oh, there was also the the pig one, the Roman centurion pig. Oh my god, that was one that I actually really remembered from when I was a kid. So it's essentially a pig and for some reason that is unknown to me it has a trojan fucking helmet on what what the fuck so you see what we're saying when we say that the monster of the week episode some of them are really fucking dumb and don't make any sense it just seemed like they took two random words put them together and then that's your villain, you know what I mean? Which isn't, I guess, the worst way to do things. No, it, it, it can make a hit series of uh, movies, you know, <laughs> Shark Tornado. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's essentially the same thing. So, yeah, the ones where you're focusing more on the kids and the drama that they have trying to help each other when one or multiple of them are in danger... It's better because you don't rely fully on like the, just the weird fucking villains. Because after a while, you know, Tickle Sneezer and Octopine Apple get a little annoying after a while. But another example of a more character centric, I guess, episode with Tommy would be Green Candle, which yes. is another really highly rated episode. This is a two parter, I think. Rita. Just magically, because she's Rita, she creates a green candle. Can I light your candle? No, we don't want you to light this candle, oh, Scott, sorry, because sorry. when Rita lights the green candle, as it is slowly melting down, Tommy is slowly but surely losing his powers, which begs the question, if you have the power to take Tommy's power away, why would you... Wait this long. Yeah, why would you create a method that it takes a long time? Why not just take his power away? A good question for another time. Why not? It doesn't you, make any sense. Why not when you light the candle, put a hair dryer on it too, so you're melting the candle. It's fucking, it's fucking dumb. But then we won't have a fucking episode, Scott. We won't have the tension. You know what I mean? Well, this you is, gotta have the tension. Well, it's funny because this is another thing that keeps going through season two about Tommy losing his powers. Yeah, well, because the thing is, Tommy comes in and out of the show multiple times, and the reason for that is because his counterpart in the Japanese show, Super Sentai. I think he died in like the first season or something. So they have limited footage with the Green Ranger. So they kind of had to say fuck off to Tommy sometimes. because They're like, we can't use you for anything, you know, which is fixed when I think in season two, they make him into the White Ranger. Yes. So, and by then they were, I think, making their own footage. Because the White Ranger costume is from another Super Sentai season. But anyway, so... The green candle, right? Yes. It's fucking dumb. <laughs> but it's it's building the tension here. Tommy is losing his powers. Now, in a normal show, I feel like this candle thing, it would give the Power Rangers time to save the day here, stop Rita and save Tommy and have, keep his powers. But because they had to get rid of the Green Ranger, they're like, oh, no, Tommy lost his powers. Oh, God. And I guess you're not a ranger anymore. And then Tommy was so bummed out and depressed. He's like, I'm going to go live with my uncle for a while. And he just leaves the show. This is also actually a good episode for the Red Ranger because he gets taken and he's fighting like Goldar. Oh, yes. I would say besides Tommy, Jason is probably the most developed of the rangers, the original rangers, because he has this kind of leader thing going on where... 
he is deemed by Zordon and basically by the other rangers as the leader of the rangers. And in episodes like Green Candle, where it's focused more on the kids and their characters, he has this struggle with being a leader and having that added pressure of wanting to protect his friends and kind of be in the forefront of the fight. And yeah, that there's something there, you know, it, of course it could be more developed, but again, it's a kid's show. So it, at least in the writer's minds, I guess it doesn't need to be super in depth. Well, there, there's also times eventually when Tommy does lose his powers as the green ranger indefinitely, Jason actually feels guilty about it. He tries to kick this green martial arts thing and then he sees Tommy and stops he feels guilty that he couldn't save Tommy you know well he's not dead he just lost his powers he's okay (laughs) he's okay but he feels guilty that he couldn't save Tommy's powers and have Tommy stay as the Green Ranger so he has a better arc than you know everybody else well when we go into season two Tommy does come back and he does regain his Green Ranger power but they establish that it's unstable. He doesn't have the power from the coin anymore. It's just powered through Zordon. And, you know, because of that, it's unstable. So it's not going to last forever. They establish that going into season two. Lord Zed does everything he possibly can to drain that power as quickly as possible. And eventually he succeeds. Yeah. Well, he, you know, in a very valiant effort, I think mid-season two... He uses the last of his Green Ranger powers to save the day, and then he ends up leaving the show again. So we kind of have a repeat of that again until he comes back and becomes the White Ranger, which I don't even remember how that happens. The The whole lore of the Power Rangers thing has always been confusing to me, well, but it's one of those things that, like, you don't have to think about it too hard. Just be like, ooh, cool, White Ranger. Ooh, cool, Green Ranger. Pow, pow, pow. Like, it's not a big deal. Well, the, the, the White Ranger, I think Zordon, like, he so- just magically makes another ranger. And it's like, you could have did that forever ago. We wanted Tommy this whole time. Yeah, we could have just kept Tommy. Tommy and Kimberly's relationship could have been the whole fucking show. What I love about this show, though, some of the lines are like the cheesiest of cheesy, corny nonsense. At one point in one of the last episodes of season one, when Tommy does lose his powers and he has to leave again, they have like a group moment where they're kind of saying goodbye to Tommy and Tommy just puts his hand on Jason's shoulder and he's like goodbye my friend I will miss you terribly like just so wooden like that it's so bad and then Jason goes right back at him he's like you'll always be a power ranger man you're always gonna be one of us and it's like oh my god this is ridiculous one of us (laughs) one of us There's so many ridiculous points where you're sitting there, you're like, oh my god, this is fucking stupid. You know, there was a moment back there when I almost gave up. But then I realized, it's not just the cosmic power that gives me strength, but it's who and what I am inside that really empowers me. So then, going into the second season, we do have the kind of dissolution of the original Rangers when, like we mentioned before, the Red Ranger, Black Ranger, and Yellow Ranger all fuck off. Yes, they, they, they say their characters went to, on a peace conference yes, in they Switzerland. Get, they get selected to go on a peace conference. Ooh, how exciting. These kids are, like, insane. Like, they're there, fucking wonder kids. There is no way. Like, in high school, I did a lot in high school. Frankie did a lot in high school. 
There is no way you could do all the shit these kids do. Yeah, no. In way. high school, they run a dirt bike race. Yeah, like in the in the movie in the 2017 movie, all the kids meet in detention, and they're they more... have attitude. Yeah, they actually have attitude, <laughs> but like in this, they're all just perfect goody goodies, which kind of you know it makes them a little bland, obviously, for the most part, anyway. But they leave and they pass their powers on to new rangers who I vaguely remember. Uh, Rocky. Rocky was the Red Ranger. Adam was the Black Ranger. And Aisha was the Yellow Ranger. Yes. And this is where I kind of started tapering off what I remember. Yeah, me too. I, I remember like a little bit of the second season. And then I don't remember anything of the third season. Because the third season, I think, is when Kimberly left. And I don't remember any other Pink Ranger but Kimberly. But in the third season, she passes on her powers to another girl named Kat. So when the Power Rangers leave, they pass their powers on to someone else. Also, at some point in the second season, Kimberly gets sent back in time to the Old West. I feel like every show has an Old West episode. Oh, <laughs> like Supernatural had an Old West episode. Send them back in time. Just send them back in time. We're running out of the ideas. Either send them to space or send them back in time. One of the two, yeah. it's got to happen. But yeah, I just think it's funny that because they had the whole racism thing with the black ranger was black and the yellow ranger was asian they purposely flipped it because the second black ranger adam was asian and the second yellow ranger aisha was black yeah so they, they clearly well, were trying to fix their mistake well even if you look at the movie yeah the, where the movie uh, they did that kind of too where the uh no. they had the asian guy be the black ranger and, and they had yeah. the black guy be the blue ranger and they made a whole joke out of it uh, i'm blue <laughs> uh oh it's not my favorite color but it's cool uh oh i'm black what i am no you're not also later on as the second season goes on uh i did mention before that people started complaining that lord said was too scary for their kids you know and when Parents start complaining about television shows and movies. This is where things start becoming issues. And that's when Lord Zed kind of started becoming more and more of an idiot. Well, yeah, because the whole purpose of Zed originally was to be a bigger bad than Rita. Because Rita essentially was just like a bumbling, crazy lady that talked like the Wicked Witch of the West. So then they brought Zed in to be like a real fucking villain, you know? But then, I guess because of his look and his creepy, scary voice, because he was voiced by Robert Axelrod, and that was he was he had a pretty booming, oh yeah, hell yeah, gravelly thing going on. <laughs> but then parents complained and they dumbed him down a little bit, which they, kind of was a bummer. They dumped him down, and then he married Rita Repulsa. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> because you know, I guess marriage makes you less scary. Sure. Uh, I think you're a lot less scary since you got married to me, Scott. I guess. You were very, very burly and frightening before, but then I, you know, I softened you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the first season is definitely, I think, the most memorable of the series. And Mighty Morphin in general is widely regarded as the most memorable of all the Power Rangers series. But... After the first season, the ratings on IMDb for the episodes significantly go down. But we end the show with a multi-part episode called Rangers in Reverse, where Rita and her crew pull a Superman and turn back time by swiveling the world around 
and they flip back the ages of all the rangers. <gasps> so they're all kids, but somehow they've maintained their brain. Like they remember everything. So they're still themselves, but they're children. It doesn't make any sense, but we don't need it to make sense. It's fine. It's fucking Power Rangers. Let's not think about it too hard, okay? But eventually they get help from other rangers from another planet and they put everything right and then it leads into the next Power Rangers series which was Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers. Or should I say, Miss Alien Pants? <laughs> Aliens? Is that what this is about? <laughs> and that just sounds even more ridiculous. Yeah, and then we go into Power Rangers Zeo, which I've never I've never no. seen. I don't want to see it. I have my Mighty Morphin, and I'm good. I don't need anything else. <laughs> like, it's, it's funny, because I have my younger siblings, and I don't remember them ever, either any of the three of them ever being, like, Power Ranger people like I was. But what I do like about the ending of the Mighty Morphin series is that it does kind of end on a cliffhanger. Uh, it literally ends with Zordon's headquarters going ba-boom. Ah, nice. Which I, I thought was interesting because I feel like with a kid's show, especially if it's ending, and I don't know if they knew they were coming with a new series after Mighty Morphin, but it just, imagine if like they didn't and that's just how the series ended with the fucking headquarters blowing up and like, oh, Power Rangers are dead. Okay, bye. It's done. <laughs> we're done. It's over. Power Rangers are gone now. It's done. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first series to end on a cliffhanger. That's true. But I mean, this is a series for little kids. <laughs> That's true. When this show was actually out, I was I was born in 92. So I was an infant when this show was actually out and airing for the first time. So I obviously watched it in syndication. I don't know why I liked it. I, I think even as a kid, I recognized how like stupid it was because the monsters and like... Well, I think the we, stupid lines and yeah. stuff. I even as a kid, I think I recognized that. Even if, but I don't think I cared. I think no. that's really what it was. When you're a kid, you don't care. It's just like, oh shit, that's fucking cool. Yeah, I think. It I was, wish I could do that. You know, that's really what you think as a kid. I, I don't even think I remember like the bulk and skull and the kids part. I remember the fighting, and the cool like swords and the fucking Megazord and shit. That shit was like the cool stuff. Like I remember the toys. Yeah, I remember the toys. I remember the song. I remember the fighting mainly. Yeah, like I don't remember Kimberly and Tommy kissing. I don't remember that <laughs> shit. <laughs> like I vaguely remember the kids, but I mean that's not really the main. I mean it is the main focus, but the main main focus is the action of it. You know what I mean? That's why they don't put too much stock in the continuity or the the storylines or the personalities of these kids. Because that's not why fucking, you know, eight-year-olds are watching Power Rangers for the fucking character drama. <laughs> the five-year-old goes, Mom, Mom, the character development on Kimberly is <laughs> so good, Mom. <laughs> oh, man. It's so good. But yeah, that's... That's our retrospective on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, I think. Yeah. Do you, were you glad you watched it again? Yeah, I, I was glad. It was fun just watching the insanity of it. If you were to watch it again, I would just suggest not to do it all in one shot because it could get incredibly repetitive and formulaic. Oh, yeah, easily. And it just gets so, it'll get annoying. Like, we kind of spread it out. 
you know, this isn't like something you can binge because yeah. it's basically the same fucking thing every episode, just with different yeah. characters. You I, know what I mean? I think at most we did was like eight or nine episodes at once. Yeah, yeah. Because after that, you just get fucking annoyed and tired of it. But you know, it's it is fun to kind of revisit something that you enjoyed as a kid. It's the same thing with the decom we talked about last week. It's fun to revisit that stuff and just kind of either make fun of it or look back fondly on it or both. But I am glad that we dipped our toe in the TV pool here on Shoot the Flick. Yes, it is. Uh, it was a fun pool to dip into. Yeah, I'm hoping that we'll do something else soon uh, with television because there are certain shows that we want to introduce each other to. But... You shows know, take time yeah like we're not gonna do it all the time now i figure we'll just do it sparingly like when we feel like it yeah exactly that's basically what we're gonna try and do but there are certain things that we want to introduce each other to like for example scott wants to introduce me to avatar the last airbender which i know don't yell at me i've never actually watched it i've always wanted to but i never did <laughs> serious yeah so we're gonna get there and then eventually i want to have scott watch um not all of doctor who because i tried to get him to watch doctor who at one point and he didn't very much enjoy it but i i should have started with david tennant i'm gonna start with david tennant so eventually i'm gonna do that too yeah i just remember the fucking skin that was like the skin yeah. lady yeah that's a weird episode that's a that's an early episode i'm gonna i'm gonna make scott enjoy doctor who at some point that's my goal um <laughs> but next week we're gonna go back to our usual format with watching some flicks actually we're gonna get back into our harry potter series yes with goblet of fire which is a movie that i haven't watched in a while and I feel like it might be the first one that I don't give five out of five stars. <laughs> so it might be an interesting watch. So you twihards, get ready. Oh, yeah. Robert Pattinson's coming, guys. Get ready. Um, but until then, this has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick. And check out our episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week to check out our magical hippity-dippity movie adventure. It's morphin' time. Woo! Mastodon. Pterodactyl. Attack!